welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, we're so lucky to have two members of the head team joining Chris and I. We have Ralph, who is the director of R&D for Head Racket Sports, and Martin, product test manager for Head Racket Sports. Welcome to Talk Tennis. We love talking to you guys, so thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hello. Great, great. Great Hello. to be here. Hello. I'd actually love it if you guys could take a few minutes and just talk about how long you've been with the company and what exactly your role entitles. So Martin, we'll start with you. Okay, I'm with the company since 2014. Um, I'm product test manager globally. Uh, as a small team, uh, the department is uh, situated in the pro player department. And yeah, we are doing all the tests, not only for rackets, but also for shoes for accessories, strings, um, bars as well. So from the first prototype uh, till it's get getting to the market. And if you need to find out if a racket develops a lot of spin, he's your guy, he hits a lot of spin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Martin once, I think in the old days, Martin played against Thomas Muster. And I've uh, talked about the old days. I think it was like 1985, 1987. So Muster at that time, I think he was... It, it, okay. it was a little bit late. It was 10 years later, but... I think really? he just called you old. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it's true. Yeah, yeah. This, was, this was the time. Ralph? What do you yeah, <laughs> I, I never played against Thomas Muster. So, sorry, apologies. <laughs> cannot do that. Uh, but yeah, I joined Hat uh, uh, 40 years ago. Already, uh, I'm leading uh, the R&D department uh, for Racket Sport here. And well, uh, if I think about myself, you know, I have the nice role to kind of create problems and uh, give the problems to my team. And then they're so great to find solutions to these problems. So it's actually a nice job. You know, if I would be mean, I kind of, you know, they do the hard job and I have the, the nice job, so to say. So <laughs> I rely on them. Without them, you know, you're nothing. You need a good team behind you. Well, in this episode, we're here to talk about the new Graphene 360 Plus Radical Rackets. But I wanted to mention a couple of years ago, you guys came to California and we had so much fun working with you and kind of seeing the balance of how you guys work together. And we we're on the court, we we're off the court, and we we're talking about everything. We we're hitting tons of prototype rackets. I actually think maybe some of those rackets might have be- become the radicals that we're talking about today. Yeah, I guess yeah, so, I guess so, yeah. Maybe. Definitely was some influence. <laughs> maybe you guys can start off by talking about how your roles work together and especially with this radical update, how you guys have kind of worked together to create this awesome line of rackets. Yeah. Um, first, it's always um, coming from from product management the briefing of course uh, it's uh, to to uh, r&d and then r&d is cre- creating the first prototypes and uh, is doing an assignment to to us to the testing department and uh, then we start to to test uh, the prototypes um, first uh, mainly internally of course to see if they're really working and then we go outside we we do local tests here, but also in our test centers all over the world. We have a test center in the in the United States. We have test centers in Europe, but also in Asia, where we test uh, then with uh, also coaches, but but as well with end consumers. 
Yeah, the the kind of I think it's it's very important, you know, there to uh, of course it's important to respect each other. That's very important, you know. And yeah, Martin played against Thomas Muster, so sorry, <laughs> cannot deal with that. But it, it's kind of well uh, by respecting each other. This also means that you sometimes have to accept, you know, information that you maybe don't like that much but you have to take it. So sometimes, of course, as R&D, we are overwhelmed and we say, oh, that's an awesome record, oh, great. And we give it to the testing department and maybe, uh, yeah, they come back two weeks later on, present their kind of reports and say, hey guys, sorry, this was the briefing, the briefing that was kind of derived from consumer research uh, tests there. And sorry, guys, the record that you developed so far, these three prototypes, sorry, they don't really fit to the briefing. And then, of course, there are sometimes minutes where you think it's a hard time to really take this and digest it. But in the end, yeah, you have to deal with it and you have to understand it. Uh, you maybe go out on the court, play the records again, and kind of get the feeling for, yeah, they're right. It's not yet there where it should be. And then we have to go back to work again. Could you touch a little bit more on that design brief, um, how you guys come up with that? and Because obviously that's going to be a big influence on, say, a new radical, a new speed or whatever you're developing. Yeah, the radical was interesting. Uh, we we did what we called uh, radical consumer days. Uh, this was kind of uh, you know you you go to a club, you organize this uh, before. You have about twenty to thirty testers uh, who play a radical or who play a similar record, uh, and then basically we went there. We had qualitative interviews with the guys. Why do they play tennis? How often do they play? Do they play competition? All that. And then, of course, we had several prototypes, all black painted, uh, always sets of three records. So because if you go on court with six prototypes, forget about it, doesn't work. So you always have these small groups and uh, then you have them test to get their feedback. And uh, yeah, we made this in, in four kind of locations. And this was definitely important to the beginning, you know, uh, really get a direction uh, because, I mean, yeah, we have our own taste, but in the end, we don't make the radical for us. We make the radical for the market, for the player out there. And therefore, we have to understand what are their kind of taste, what are they looking for, what is good for them, what would they like to have reworked. Yeah, all these kind of inputs. I love that this update actually has several different things that have changed with the racket because... As you guys know, sometimes we see new paints or small little changes, but there's yeah. some distinguishable changes. And I think you guys, it's very clear, at least to me, I think you guys have listened to a lot of the feedback and it seems like you've made these changes for the best. And these rackets, Chris and I have hit them extensively. And as you guys have probably already listened, we have um, our first impression podcast on them. No, that's, that's really, I saw it. It's really cool. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> But uh, as you said, the, the radical is uh, is a very important silo to us, of course, as uh, the second uh, oldest after Prestige, and uh, and this was really a challenge because we we changed it completely. It's it's a new mold. It's uh, the the string pattern is different. It's it's everything changed, and this is then quite quite a lot of work uh, to to bring out a, a good, well-playing racket. And, and yeah, but I think we achieved it and uh, did a good job. So hopefully the, the consumers will, will also think like that. <laughs> Would you be interested in talking us through all the changes and why you made those changes in 
the rackets? From the radical, from uh, the, the last one to this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, uh, if, if you're thinking in general about, you know, the playability of a racket, it's, it's kind of, let's say, to, to make it in a nutshell, uh, it's defined by the geometry, so the shape of the racket. We have on the one side the top view, you have uh, then the cross sections. Uh, the second is you have the material kind of composition, what you put inside means how stiff is the racket, what's the weight distribution also thereby influenced. And then, of course, you have a string pattern and you have the grommet system. And all these three together kind of define the playability of the racket. Uh, with, the, with the racket before, you know, the Graphene 360 radical, uh, this mold uh, we, we kind of introduced to the market, this shape, this geometry in 2014 with the Graphene radical. And it was successful. And also, uh, you know, uh, we, we fine-tweaked, we fine-tuned over the years, the playability. But of course, sooner or later, you realize that you come to a point where it's difficult to make bigger changes using the same geometry. And this is where it was, yeah, interesting also the input from the consumer days. Uh, in general, it was kind of a blessing on a curse. Because the, the consumers were general, yeah, I like the reticle, yeah, it's nice record, and I think, thanks a lot, that doesn't help me at all for the successor. Uh, but then what came out was that basically two points, uh, the, the impact feel was, let's say, um, a bit more on the negative side regarding stiffness. So uh, stiffness can be positive in terms of, well, it's a nice stiff record, or it can also be sometimes that it's maybe a bit too, you know, harsh and stiff in an unpleasant way. And this is, was partly the feedback. And the other feedback was that uh, also some players said, well, if, you know, dream world, uh, if I could think about what would I change in my radical, make it a bit kind of more forgiving. And so this was what we had at input. And so uh, the first thing that we worked on was the geometry. We opened several kind of experimental molds. And uh, yeah, in the end, uh, we choose, I think, the right one. And uh, I have, a, let's say, short or small, it's maybe difficult to see. But what you can see here is that uh, uh, we have the, the old shape, which is the blue one, and the red one is the new shape. And of course, these are not, you know, huge dimensions, but the new radical is in terms of, if you think about the shape, it is slightly, very slightly, the head shorter, but it's wider. And the widest point also moved slightly uh, up towards uh, 12 o'clock. So we thereby achieved this, I think, yeah, a bit more forgiveness, you know, it's easier to play. It's if you hit a bit out of the sweet spot, it still gives a good feel. And then, of course, feel this was where, uh, yeah, the material definitely comes into play uh, because with the material, you can influence here a lot. And uh, we use Graphene 360 Plus spiral fibers and really worked a lot on the layups here. And yeah, on, I mean, on some, uh, you know, developments, uh, I think here we went up to, you know, 20 different layups constructions that we tried. And so the target was here to have a, a softer feel than before, but it should not be something where people say it's wobbly, you know, because sometimes you have records where you say, oh, unbelievable, nice feel, but you think, what's going on there? And yeah, so find the right compromise there to fine tune it, make it a bit softer, more comfortable, and yeah, but not go to the extremes. 
And that's why we also tested the specs and and went a little bit up with the specs on the MP and on the on the Pro to make it more stable to yeah even uh, improve it also in this direction. I think from our hitting too, especially on the MP, it plays really solid for its weight. You know, it, it's a fast feeling racket, and yet when you're at net punching volleys, it's just nice and yep. solid at impact. Feels good. It's got a lot of feel to it too, so it's nice. It's not this feel if you have a hard shot that you volley at the net like, what's going on, shaking or, yeah. It's uh, this kind of, yeah, mess in a positive way, solid. Definitely solid. And that was the one thing I also took away right from the first hit was it felt so stable and not, woo, <laughs> no wobbles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even at the high tension, Michelle? <laughs> I know. No, problem. no worries. <laughs> So Michelle likes a really crisp rack. She doesn't like super plush, soft. Uh, like we know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like yeah. any any flutter from yeah. the frame at all. So, no yeah, I, think, I think this is also you know a point that is very important. If uh, you know, if we look at our collection, of course we you know are different kind of racket lines. We offer different feels, and it does not mean that you know somebody likes all of them. That's pretty difficult. But uh, yeah, our target is to offer to each different taste, a silo, a kind of record line where someone says, yeah, this is exactly the record feel, the impact feel that I like. Well, that's, that's a great lead into one of the questions that we wanted to ask you guys is what sets the Radical apart from the rest of the line and what kind of players should be playing with this racket or these rackets? Play a string at a tight tension. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. You know what, though? So there, I've always really liked the Radical. I've enjoyed that from the very first Graphene on. Um, but the Prestige Pro, the Graphene 360 Plus Prestige Pro, is also one of my favorites. Oh, we, we like it if we make it difficult for you to, you know. <laughs> no, I can't choose. <laughs> make a decision. <laughs> This is interesting. This is interesting because uh, the pro is, is for sure the the most crisp out of the out of the prestige and is on the, of course, on the crisper side of of our range. And and so is the the radical now. The radical is is not super crisp, but it's for sure it's it's uh, one of the crispest records we have. So, but yeah, we need to have this and need to offer this. And yeah, it, it worked out so far, and I guess now it's improved. And yeah, hopefully we get some more fans. <laughs> the radical coming back to your question michelle it's of course yeah well it's uh you could say the all-around record what i mean with that if uh you know an old saying was uh if you go and um, get some coaching licenses or talk to people there then there's normally the saying well if you have a, a good shot it either has to surprise your opponent in terms of placement you know that it's kind of if you paint the lines or you go for speed or you go for spin. Well, if you're a player that wants to really paint the lines, gravity or prestige is the way to go. Yep. If you want to overpower your opponent and you want to kind of press him, push him behind the baseline, speed is the way to go. If you want to kind of really open the court and spin uh, the ball and also spin your opponent around, go with extreme. Well, if you're a player, and you kind of, uh, you vary from one rally to the next one, or you even vary from, let's say, one opponent to the other, or depending on the court. So you have a very variable game. Uh, one time you want to hit precise, next time very fast, then spin. 
well, then the perfect racket is radical because it's really that versatile. And uh, yeah, so you can play each shot. Yeah, it's for the it's for the crafty player. <laughs> I was like, I should have. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> for Chris and <laughs> um, Martin, maybe you can talk us through how you've seen this uh, kind of manifest through the playtesting process when you have different players using it. Are you seeing that the players that kind of have a little bit of everything are really gravitating towards these rackets? Yeah, sure. It's it's as, as Ralph said. It's a very versatile racket, and and uh, it's appealing to to these kind of, of players, especially um, what I saw with, with uh, younger players, juniors, uh, they often like it very much, but of course, also uh, more mature players. Thank you, Martin. He just called us <laughs> old now. <laughs> Only because I have a beer doesn't mean that I'm old. No, I am. <laughs> but definitely this was this, this um, was seen in the, in the play tests that, that um, yeah, a lot of people like it because they can do pretty a lot with it. Sure, you can do everything with, with every racket, but yeah, this special thing about the radical is this, this uh, being very versatile. And of course, this time, uh, the cosmetics is radical. <laughs> <laughs> I was really happy to see that because it should be a radical looking racket being called <laughs> um, so, Martin, there's a picture of Agassi behind Ralph there. <laughs> and obviously, he made the oversized radical immensely popular. It was a big seller for you guys. When did you kind of see that trend away from the oversized um, preference in, in testing? Oh, this is, this is a, a good question. I mean, it's always when we test uh, bigger frames that we maybe don't bring to the market then, but, but we. We have them in, in in the tests, and and sometimes we we decide on a later stage not to bring them now or whatever. So, yeah, of course, it's a good point. You know, uh, Chris, if you think back about the '90s, you know there was not only uh, Agassi using oversized; there were also other kind of top players play using oversized rackets, and somehow uh, this diminished. I think uh, partly because you know. Uh, the the old, so to say, classic small tour records became slightly bigger, became more forgiving. But uh, in all honesty, it's always, of course, we have to check well if there is, uh, you know, a record, a specification combination not out in the market. Is it really justified or is there maybe a new consumer out there that could benefit from a new version of this, you know, whatever old head size. So, uh, yeah, times change. Uh, sometimes, you know, a product that was very successful in the past because game style changes can really kind of diminish. But, yeah, it might come back in a different version. So uh, we always have to kind of keep our eyes open and have a look at the game, how the game uh, style changes. Uh, and yeah, and think about, can we maybe an offer a new, a better solution for this kind of, you know, game? I mean, do you feel like a player has moved over to more of like an extreme kind of racket if, when they're kind of grinding from the baseline? That was, a, you know, a classic kind of oversized player. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, oversized, at least, you know, if I think about our playtest results, of course, oversized has a lot of uh, advantages regarding if you think about, you know, the sweet spot, the size. On the other side, what they are not really known for is maneuverability. And, uh, well, if you think about at least, I mean, this is now, so to say, only my cup of tea. 
uh, my two cents. But if you think about, well, the mid of the 90s, you had tall players like, you know, Philippusis being, uh, yeah, that's, now I have to calculate six foot four, six foot five, something like that. Uh, so really tall. And well, they normally only had an offense game. If you push them into defense, they had a huge problem. So it was, yeah, dominate the point or they're gone. If you look nowadays at players uh, like, you know, there are numerous players out there in the top that are really tall. And if you look at Zverev and his defense, this is totally different to, yeah, if you think about 25 years ago. So it's really, yeah, game changes and thereby, yeah, uh, maneuverability. If you're in the defense, well, definitely a plus. That's interesting to talk about how you've seen the game change and the maneuverability and the players have kind of adapted to become this all around insane athlete on the court. Um, Going all the way back, I was curious about the radical origin story. You had mentioned it's the second oldest racket in the headline behind the prestige. How did it come about? Talking about the birth of the radical. Eh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I'm pretty old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> I was a dad at that time. No. Uh, the story, I think, is that back in the days, uh, you know, this record was very popular among, uh, you know, head pros. Uh, and of course, you know, the Prestige Pro 600, uh, awesome precision, a really great record. But uh, what I think at that time, Muster, players like Muster and Emilio Sanchez, uh, they kind of came back to head and asked for a player with a slightly bigger head size. And especially uh, if you look at the Prestige, the old one, it's not only the head size, which is small, but it's pretty kind of, you know, slim, narrow. You know, it's if you think about the width, not that much. And so you think about Muster and playing extreme topspin. Well, the record did not offer a huge margin of error. And uh, so at that time, yeah, there was the brief, please work on new head shapes, wider head shapes. And this was then uh, where the mid plus, uh, the pro tour, and also then the radical was created. And of course, at the same time, uh, yeah, very interesting player came to us and yeah, uh, asked us (laughs) to make a good record. And this was, yeah, Agassi, where, yeah. We see him back there, yeah, U.S. Open, winning against Stick. I think three sets, was it 7-6, something like that? Don't know, but I think it was pretty clear. Stick, despite having a, a huge serve, Agassi handled it really well. And yeah, it was a dominating win at that time. That's so cool. How have you seen the racket evolve since then, though? Like, walk us through the progression to today where we've got the newest Graphene 360 Plus version. Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> it was like, great. I didn't, it was good. Uh, now we Props. can shortly go through it. You yeah, know, let's do this, it. Well, yeah, we got here the, you know, the old one, the first one, which is what was at that time. And in Europe, it was called the Radical Tour. I think in the US, was it the Trisis? Trisis, yeah. 280, I mm-hmm. think. I think the Trisis 300 was the Prestige uh, Tour, and the Trisis 260 was the Pro Tour at that time. Uh, well, yeah, the nickname, of course, of the record, Bumblebee. Uh, I remember myself playtesting the record in 1993, and yeah, it was a great record. Uh, of course, you know, it was, uh, so to say, if you compare it to the Pro Tour, a bit more on the stiffer side, 
but at that time very successful. Then if we go on, there was the, the first twin tube racket, which was launched around uh, 1995. And I think the nickname is the Zebra because of, yeah, the special look. And uh, yeah, some really nice details like, you know, you have here material and yeah, the, because of the twin tube, the, the playability, the feel was a bit softer. It was a bit, let's say, more plush. It was not that stiff, not, not that direct, but in the end, also a huge success. That was my, that was my college racket, Ralph. I used ah, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I was in college 94 to 98 and I, I switched to that racket in college. So I old finished, memories. Fin- yeah. Finished college <laughs> with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was also in the club I played. I played at that time the Prestige Tour uh, 600 and a, a friend of mine, he played this one and yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was a great record. And then I, there was one uh, other version of uh, this Radical, which was, I think it was launched around beginning of 1998. I don't actually know the nickname of this. I mean, it's again, a lot of different colors. It was also a twin tube bracket. And uh, what is interesting here, you still see the pretty curved shaft geometry, you know, it's really, it goes out of the grip, uh, kind of parallel to the length axis, and then it's uh, really very curved. And this was then slightly changed when we move on to the titanium radical, which was a new geometry, new shape. And well, uh, it's, I take the other one again, maybe might be difficult to see it here, but it is slightly kind of straighter, this one, you see. So here we had a new shape, uh, a new mold, new geometry uh, was optimized. And also, of course, at that time, two dramatical changes. First, the weight was reduced a lot. We went down to 295 grams on this one. And the other change, uh, of course, for R&D, not at all important, but yeah, we got the orange color. <laughs> So this was basically, I think, the first one, you, you know, where, yeah, the the kind of radical orange yeah. came to the market. The silo color orange. Then intelligence radical, also very popular, uh, the cat eyes. And, yeah, I think introduced in about 2001. We move on to the liquid metal radical, which was a, a different mold. And here with the Radical at that time, it was the first time that there was a tour version of the MP. It was, I think at that time, Radical MP Tour was the same mold, was the same string pattern, but was, I think, about 320 grams, if I remember correctly. Also twin tube racket. Also, yeah, very kind of soft, plush feel. Uh, We move on to the Flex Point Radical, Uh, similar mold. And uh, yeah, again, here we have the real orange clearly in your face. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was uh, also, we have uh, still the total sweet spot construction here, which was uh, brought into the line with the liquid metal radical. Then we move on to the microgel radical. Uh, was a new mold, uh, but let's say the, the changes were not dramatically, but were so to say subtle. Uh, but still kind of, yeah, small revisions. Uh, it was this one as well as with the flex point there, the tour or pro version was now a different mold. It was a 645 head size. And yeah, we go on to the UTEC radical. This was now really, again, a, a totally different mold. The cross sections were kind of, yeah, thinner, slimmer. 
And uh, yeah, uh, still the 1820 pattern, uh, a record, uh, I think very popular, uh, but also, let's say, partly for some players, it was a bit too, so to say, soft or flexible. Uh, other players loved it for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, special, so to say, playability. Uh, the UTEC IG Radical was then, say, mold. Uh, the biggest change here, we optimized the playability, fine-tuned it, but also here uh, the Pro version was now made of, out of directly this mold and was the first time with a 1619 pattern. So the MP still had the 1820 and the Pro version had the 1619. Yeah, and then we have the, the new shape, which was then introduced in 2014, Graphene. And I remember pretty well the internal meetings at that time. You know, a lot of discussions moving away from the 1820. In the end, I think it was the right decision simply because of the 1619 offering, yeah, a bit more power, a bit more kind of forgiveness. And if you think about how the game changed, uh, this simply fits to the yeah change of the game. Was here, of course, a, a total new geometry, total new shape. Uh, the balance was reduced uh, by 10 millimeter, so extremely maneuverable racket. And then over the years, we got the Graphene XT, where we fine-tuned the, the layup, uh, worked on the layup, uh, and also, yeah, of course, the Razzle Dazzle cosmetic, very special. And then we had Graphene Touch Radical. Uh, here, uh, the playability, the target was uh, to, you know, make it really as comfortable as possible. But of course, there's the comfortable, uh, yeah, it's a kind of, well, it's a fine line, making it comfortable, but still having enough connection. And I think here, some players absolutely love this record. However, we have to admit, some also say, no, not for me. Uh, this is always, I think, yeah, here it's a personal taste. How much really feedback, how much connection do you want to have with the record? And then, of course, Graphene 360. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, since R&D doesn't have a lot of budget, we don't have the new one. This is only uh, testing has the new one. <laughs> I have all the records. <laughs> we Martin, only got the old stuff. Martin, you want to take us through the, the new one? You, I know you got it. I can show it, but Ralph has to tell you all the details. <laughs> yeah, the details are, I mean, it's not, uh, not extremely that you say, uh, Total different, you know, it, it doesn't have now a lollipop shape or whatever. But as mentioned, the, the head size, uh, the head shape, it's slightly wider, uh, thereby offering uh, more forgiveness, a bigger sweet spot. And also we fine-tuned the cross-sections to optimize this feel and also fine-tuned the strength pattern. What I like a lot is that we uh, decided to have two molds again. Or even three modes with the S because the S is also a very good record. It's 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 slightly bigger, 660. What is it in in US? It's 102 inch, square inch, I guess. Um, but as I said, the Pro is a different different mode to the MP, which was was not the case the the last years. And uh, yeah, the the beam is slightly uh, thinner than than with the MP. And I guess this is really uh, yeah nice for for consumers or for for players to have two different options and if you want the mp heavier of course it's it's 300 320 and uh, and the pro is is heavier but uh, i know the guys especially on on 
your board, your 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 uh, on the message board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they like to to tune their records a lot and to to pimp them. And yeah, this was this is possible with EMP for sure. It's a good uh, platform record, I guess, for customizing. You've spent a lot of time, obviously, testing the line. Do you have a favorite out of the new radicals? I'm I'm also not the youngest as Ralph, so uh, I tend to heavier records because back in the in the times it, it, it was all the records were, were much heavier than nowadays. So so the pro is in terms of spec what 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 I like, and also the record is is more control oriented a little bit um, in in the direction of a prestige, which which is my my favorite record all all the years. Um, but the MP definitely is, is uh, yeah easier easier to play, and and but I can't I can't tell you which which I like more. It's it's both of them are have their their positives and and uh, I like both. I can't this decide. This is the tough question. Like if you ask, hey, which of your kids do you like most? <laughs> Always you know the you one have that an is. <laughs> Always the one with the good manners at the moment. You know? Yeah, depends on the day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have brought up the message board. I just had a quick question, Ralph. You kind of hit on it with the string pattern change. Have there ever been talks recently um, in switching up the string pattern on the pro again? Uh, we're discussing this and have discussed it. We decided right now to go with the sixty nineteen and and maybe also here, you know, just to. Uh, of course, you know, if you think about, well, 1619, all of the records are 1619. I think it's important there to also kind of make clear, well, a 1619 is not always a 1619. depends on how many strings do you have in, you know, the yoke. It depends on if if I look, for example, yeah, I can only take uh, one of the, the old records right now. Uh, but if you look at the, the cross strings, uh, you know, and you look at the first cross string, is it before? between the oldest main and the second oldest main, or is it between the second oldest and third oldest main? So there are differences. Uh, we, uh, yeah, still uh, with all these points, it's very difficult uh, even for, you know, very experienced or so to say old people uh, to look at string <laughs> patterns and compare them. And so what, what we worked on was to say, well, uh, we, we created a kind of, you know, program where uh, with yeah with a smart way we can create this graph uh, out of a string pattern and basically what you see here is uh, the the blue color means dancer and if you go to orange uh, or even here the star red it means more open and so thereby you can more easily really look at the string pattern and see the differences and uh, don't want to go into detail too much but yeah they are if you look at our 1619, they look widely different because they play widely different. But coming back to your question, well, yeah, 1820, I said before, of course, we always we read, you know, posts in the forums. Uh, we watch YouTube videos. Uh, we, we try to really get in touch with the market out there and uh, see, well, what is really needed there. Uh, so I would not say we will never ever have an 1820 again because yeah, we have to be kind of flexible here. And if there's a need uh, for such a record, well, then we have to think about it. Now with this launch, you guys have kind of employed a little grassroots situation and sent out a bunch of rackets to a bunch of people. So 
there's several of us around the world playing with these radicals already. Did you guys have any say in that or were you scared? I know a lot of times racket brands can be very quiet until the launch. So this is kind of a little different. How did that go for you guys? Are you excited that you, you've gotten your rackets out there already before they're available? Sure, it's always it's always uh, exciting to 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 get them out and and see the first and hear the first feedbacks. It's it's always uh, yeah interesting what's what's what we get back and and then it's it's very nice if we have uh, feedbacks like like you did uh, several days ago and and but also from from other people we we get very positive feedbacks of course and this is then uh, yeah nice to hear. <laughs> And I mean, I know sometimes people think that, oh, we're just blowing smoke. <laughs> and of course, we're going to say it's good. But as you guys know, you've worked with us. We're pretty honest. We're a pretty honest crew. So, <laughs> <laughs> And that's okay. You know, this is that's the good. same that I always say to Martin if he says, I don't like the record. Or this is the report. And yeah, thank you. You're honest. <laughs> we have a saying in testing. It's a demeanor, the better. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but aside from the feedback you've seen from us, uh, I would assume it's been very positive. What have you heard? What do you like that you're hearing? Um, talk to us a, li a little bit about that, the, the early testing. I think the great thing is that uh, the feedback that we got and that we saw so far really fits to what we uh, wanted to achieve, you know, regarding the briefing. We wanted to have this this kind of, you know, the, the impact feel when you really hit the ball to make this, let's say, a bit softer, a bit more pleasant, a bit more comfortable, uh, less harsh, uh, as mentioned, without being wobbly, it should be solid. And also to really make the racket uh, a bit more forgiving. So if you if you hit, let's say, a shot, you're, you're, you know, you're on the back foot and you have a backhand that you have to hit and you know that you cannot hit it in the sweet spot, but that you can still be confident, well, the record will help me and the ball will have a good, uh, you know, will go out and I will have a, a proper shot there. Kind of this, you know, let's say support and confidence, you know, uh, my record kind of helps me when I'm in a bad situation. It's like when you held up that graph of this string bed and you showed, I was glad you showed the dark red areas because that's where I like to make contact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We try to keep them very small. <laughs> I, pre I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, as long as you are consistent, it's okay. <laughs> no problem. As long as Might you consistently be that... <laughs> hit here. <laughs> the sweet spot's so big. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we always want to achieve, a sweet spot even bigger than head size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is always the briefing for marketing, and we always have to sign, yes, we will achieve it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. That's funny. <laughs> Have you had uh, any of your pro team um, hitting these new rackets and get, I mean, you don't have to mention names if you can't, but if, yeah, just some feedback that you've had from the pros. There are some players already using it, uh, of course, in uh, the black version, but uh, yeah, some liked it a lot already and, and uh, we were testing uh, or offering uh, it to them and yeah, some are already using it, uh, which we're not using uh, radicals before or, or we're using the, the old mold. So uh, this is also very, very positive for us and very promising. Um, but as far as I know, we are sending out already to our pro players the, the new version now. 
so uh, that they can get get used to to everything uh, now in the in the off season. And as it seems, the off season is a little bit longer this year, so uh, they have enough time also to to get used to the new cosmetics. And um, you know, probably on an unrelated note, but I just got to say that Rublev guy has had a great year. He's been playing some good tennis this year. It's unbelievable. Since uh, I think U.S. Open. 19 he he improved a lot and i don't know why so <laughs> he's using a black frame and and this must be magic, magic. <laughs> when can we use that magical frame <laughs> um yeah it's a unicorn not, frame not, yes there yeah. you go <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> yeah it's still uh, we'll still take some time because uh, the brand he was using so far is uh, is fighting <laughs> and uh, will take some more weeks even more uh, than uh, that even longer than this year but uh, yeah will be soon i guess nice. uh chris do we have any more radical questions or do we want to ask them about a sneak peek into what else we can expect for 2021 yeah, let's move on. I think we've, we've I mean, Ralph took <laughs> us through every radical. From- <laughs> we can go again. No problem. <laughs> I know. Like, my biggest fear right now is that something happened to the recording and I'm going to have to ask you to redo <laughs> it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, give us uh, a little sneak into 2021 for head. It, you guys are doing amazing things. Um, from rackets to strings, we've got new shoes coming. Ta- give us something. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Right. <laughs> You torture us, kind of. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay. No, of course. I mean, you know, this is always, um, I think it's a kind of uh, a pretty, let's say, difficult balance. Because on the one side, uh, when we develop brackets and, you know, everybody's happy, you introduce them to the market, you, you want to be happy. But at the same time, you got to be greedy. You got to go for something more. And I remember pretty well, I think it was, uh, yeah, quite 15 or some years ago at that time or yeah I I talked to uh, at that time my boss and told him you know whenever I think I know everything about rackets this will be the day that I leave this office and join a new job and so uh, I think it's you know this is important and great to always have this hunger to say we want to improve we want to keep on going we want to research we want to find out something new but of course, you have to also feel comfortable with kind of, yeah, knowing somehow that you will never achieve the peak, but you will further go on, you will grind, you will work on, you will work your ass off. And of course, you always will be happy if you have these, you know, improved and you should kind of, you know, you should really, yeah, celebrate and say, yeah, great. But then next day, get up work. and work again. I think it's just like, you know, with tennis pros. If you won the big tournament, great, celebrate. But next day, be greedy, be hungry again, and go on the court and work out for four hours and improve your yeah your strokes. You know, yeah, be greedy in a positive way. Yeah, I feel like you guys have a lot of pressure also on you to continue to create something new and exciting. Chris and I actually were just talking about this, I think, yesterday, how we were saying how the brands are constantly coming up with something new every few years. And that's, that's a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's, it's pressure, but it's also kind of, you know, freedom 
because well uh you, you got the place you got the space and this is kind of yeah looking for something new and uh, so this is uh yeah take the challenge uh and uh, and like it and of course uh i mean yeah it's it's natural that you know uh your brain shouldn't stop uh, when you leave the office uh it should be kind of well late in the evening you take the note you have an idea and you write it down and you have to explain your wife why you get up from the couch but that's it. <laughs> it's very nice if we create something new like like we did with the gravity uh some some time ago and 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 then you see it's 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 successful and and people like it and and as i said before it's it's also always a little bit uh, you're always a little bit nervous when when you introduce new stuff and and you don't know if when it's for the first time how how people will react and if if they really like it and then uh we get your reviews and and uh, this is also sometimes making us nervous <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah but but it's it's then uh, a pleasure if 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 the feedbacks are positive and and uh, and for and the numbers as well if we're selling records and we don't stop to to bring new stuff for sure that's something at least from my perspective we actually really see that you guys did take the time to listen to what we did not like and why. Exactly. And I know even with me, some of my feedback was on a stability problem. And it's like, well, what is she actually feeling? Why is she saying that? Why? Like, and how can we correct that? That's, that's what I've noticed with this update. So that's really cool. And it is that that mindset is showing in this update. So yeah, yeah I think for me, Thank the you. new radicals, um, what's impressed me most is you, you've kept, you've got the captured the feel that I would look for and expect in a radical um, without sacrificing some of the, I think the more modern performance playability. Yeah. It felt yeah. like for me, you were chasing with the graphene line. Um, and so, yeah, I think you've kind of blended the old with the new. And um, really I think it's that. a good point because of course, you know, with, with switching, let's say if I, if I compare, let's say the old, if you go to Microchill or UTEC, I think nice playing records, but definitely not, let's say a lot of power. There are more, you know, you have to create your own swing. You have to create your own power. And, uh, well, uh, so we, we have now the power, which we kind of introduced with a, you know, graphene radical and this line and to the successors. But we we improved the feel and kind of uh, brought back more of the, the kind of, you know, comfortable feel, uh, plush feel, while not sacrificing regarding power. Yeah, when you were going through the old radicals and you were like, and this one was really plush. I'm like, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> this one was really plush. Too. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then, then yeah. as, as Michelle said, we, we, we were listening. We were listening. We were humble and, and tried to, yeah, to improve uh, things that were not liked about, about the, the current record. And, and hopefully it, we were uh, successful. But I, it, it looks like that, yeah. A lot of people like it. Of course, there will be people who don't like it or hate it, but this is always with everything, not only with tennis rackets. <laughs> yes. Well, I think a good place to end this would to have you guys kind of talk to the consumer that either doesn't or has never used a head racket because sometimes I think head can be an intimidating brand. I think we've talked about that before. Um, it feels like you need to be like a really good player and these rackets yep. are really precise. Or talk to someone who's used old radicals, hated the graphene radicals, and explain to them why they should give this one a try. Yeah, good point. I mean, if uh, we know that, you know, we had 
or have in some areas a reputation of being a you know very demanding brand. And of course, we have you know a strong kind of legacy in this direction. If you think about a Prestige Pro 600, you wouldn't give this to a beginner. But I think it's very important that nowadays, really, we have record in our line. If you are a beginner or if you're a player, you know, that doesn't have this overly a lot of power. Well, you can find a, a record in the headline where you can be successful, where you play good tennis and have fun with. So this is, uh, yeah, really important. And yeah, to, to the guys, let's say that, that kind of more, yeah, uh, have their dreams about, you know, the old feel, uh, Zebra, you know, uh, oh yeah, this was the great playability. Yeah, uh, I think we listened to them and we, we brought some of these old, let's say, dreams back into the record uh, and uh, tried to create, and I think we were successful, uh, a nice mix of uh, modern power, but this nice classic feel where you hit the ball and you think, oh, that's great. I want to hit the next one. Nice. I think that's awesome. And we're excited for everyone to get their hands on these rackets. We will have our full reviews ready to go for the launch. I'm excited for you guys to watch our a Radical Pro review because it will be a global review. So you'll get info from our playtesters in Europe as well as Australia. Yeah, Any, yeah, nice. Yeah, a little different Australia, there's always the one lefty guy uh, playing on grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think, woo, <laughs> that's tough. You know, if you're a lefty and you've, uh, you know, normally, of course, if you play on grass, you play pretty flat. And if you think about them, uh, you know, the backhand slice and all this and it's live surf, thanks a lot. As a righty, <laughs> at sight, nah, don't like it. <laughs> yep. We used to see that kick serve into the wall on the ad side <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he was here in the States. Yeah. Um, Chris, anything else? No, I think we covered it all. Yeah, good job, guys. Cool. It's uh, yes, been awesome yeah. catching up with you guys and seeing you guys again. Yeah, great. I think, uh, yeah, we would never have thought that it takes so much time to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And for anyone listening, we'll be sure to add all of those brandography episodes that we did with Head. Chris got to go to Austria and see all the behind the scenes. Actually, that was a question Chris wanted to ask. If the Radical was a car. <laughs> oh, yeah. what? <laughs> that's yeah. a nice question that's a this nice is a nice question, question. this is yeah. this is something we are asking us ourselves when which which car is or which car brand is fitting to which silo oh i love it let's do that <laughs> I, I discussed it let's say before a bit uh, and you know uh, this is now uh, of course you always have to pay attention because some cars there's simply not let's say you know very popular right now but i think if uh, if the radical would be a car uh, brand is difficult, but it would be somehow like a, let's say, sporty SUV. You can go fast on the road and uh, you can go precise in the curve. But well, if there's suddenly, you know, a, a street with a lot of bumps and, and it's kind of, you know, not really a good terrain, well, no problem. You go over it. You have a bit of ground clearance. It's robust. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it can take a hitting also. And uh, yeah, uh, versatile. Nice. I mean, should I ask what it, what would a prestige be then? <laughs> <laughs> I think a prestige. Uh, I think more. Uh, you know, it's it's a Porsche. It's it's a sports car. 
a prestige uh, you uh, and also Porsche you normally uh, don't take on Sunday morning to go to the the bakery store you know uh, it's more you take it out Sunday uh, afternoon and you want to go to the race course or you get want to have a nice drive and it's a bit demanding and I think also the way you know just my two cents but uh, with the prestige like with Porsche there are some guys that uh, you know have a Porsche and you think, oh, come on, uh, you don't drive it that often, but they have it in the garage. And from time to time, they take it out and they're happy. And maybe it's too demanding and maybe they have a problem with their back after driving for two hours, but they love it. With the Prestige, it's the same. You see some guys out there on the court where you think, hey, come on, you shouldn't play a Prestige. But well, they somehow love it. They like to go on the court. Maybe, you know, after one hour, they're pretty tired, but they had fun with the racket. And so it's, yeah, each to his own, be happy on the court. It's a sneak peek on the next Prestige. It's still black, though. <laughs> Dang. And when are we going? New Prestiges will be 2022. Yes, maybe? Um, <laughs> Could be. Could be, yeah. Too far ahead of time. <laughs> we'll, time cool. is flying, you know. Uh, one question from my side uh, if you know if uh, of course this year there was not a lot of tennis played out there you know pro players and all that stuff and i think also in u.s clubs difficult but it's again just my two cents if if i look you know uh, and watch tv and you see the pro matches, uh it's uh, interesting to see the rise of the drop shots you know, uh, drop shots, let's say 20 years ago, if you were playing a club tournament and you play drop shots, people kind of, oh, boo, playing drop shot, oh, that's bad. You know, you have to go for a nice winner, drop shot. Ooh. Now, a drop shot, uh, if you look at, of course, if you look at the pro player, their defense is so good at the baseline that they nearly reach all these fast shots. And of course, if you reach a fast shot, you can use it to your advantage and take the power and kind of feed it back. But the drop shot, you totally change the, the kind of, you know, the whole, yeah, direction, the whole uh, kind of, uh, yeah, of a, of a rally, and you break it. And, I mean, look at Djokovic playing a French Open, numerous shots. Do you see this out in the clubs also? I see you it see from it. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the power anymore to put the ball away, so that's all I've got. <laughs> you have a thump. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's a good question. I'm curious, actually, if someone's teaching it really well right now. <laughs> I hope. Exactly. I don't you know, think so. I don't either. There, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> if there would be coaches, you know, normally, if I think about, you know, uh, you as a coach, you say, well, now we practice the inside out winner. You get a forehand from the back, and the next one is kind of uh, middle in the T. You run around your backhand and you hit the forehand inside out. Thanks. This is how you, you know, <laughs> practice. Uh, is there now a player or a coach out there that says, okay, we play forehand, you know, uh, rallies, and then out of the blue, please try to play a drop shot? I yeah, so. so I used to teach it when I was teaching tennis. Um, I would always teach, you know, the kids I was working with how to hit a drop shot because I'd be like, no one's looking for it. <clears throat> you know, sure, sure. Junior, especially with junior tennis, everyone wants to hit the ball at as, as hard as they can. And I remember when I was a junior, I would go and play doubles with the old guys at the club and they were sneaky and they would hit the angles and the drop volleys and I was like yeah. I want to do that you know so 
that's, that's how I went down there. <laughs> Play the mean, mean game. Yeah. Well, and the rackets have gotten quite stiff in some, you know, some of the most popular rackets are pretty stiff and a lot of people just don't really learn that touch. Also, yeah. yeah I mean, I know like Chris and I went to academies and anytime you started a practice, I, don't, I would assume the same for you, Chris, um, you're at the net playing short court. And at the end of practice, you're at the net playing short court. And, you know, like that was how you spent your time. And I have zero touch because of it, but I don't know. <laughs> At least I tried. I don't know. We got to start a campaign. Bring back the drop shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're also, I mean, surf and volley diminished since since years ago. And uh, it's a nice, I think, question, you know, if you talk to coaches, can surf and volley have a revival? The one argument would be no, because of polyester and spin, much more difficult. You have to hit these volleys, you know, at your feet. The other argument could be, well, yes, because uh, sooner or later, with all these kits only being used to hitting against fast incoming shots, if you feed them a kind of, you know, pet rafter slice, uh, chip and charge, uh, they will look at you and think, hey, what the hell is this? And if you're then, if you're pretty good and you know, and you have a good coverage of the net, they think, hey, this is no tennis. You have to hit fast. Uh, well, I'm hoping someone like Ash Barty can start inspiring people to add that variety into their games. And just from my two cents, watching a lot of the women's tennis doubles players. Yeah. I know a lot of people say, oh, women don't serve in Bali. I've seen, we have several players. We actually have a player on um, our sponsored team at Tennis Warehouse who just switched into an extreme for 2021. Nice. Yeah. And she serves in Bali's. Her partner yeah, serves yeah. in Bali. So like, hopefully okay. it's, yeah. <laughs> and they're under 30. So <laughs> hopefully there's hope. Yeah, there's yeah, some sure. nice players. There's this one female Belgian player. She's not tall, plays mainly backhand slice. Don't remember her name right now, but she has really a nice surf, you know, fluid and approaches the net. And it's kind of natural how she plays. And yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thinking <laughs> about Marianne Duswart in the old days or uh, Miriam Oremans. Uh, you know, you had in the old days, you have these, you know, players kind of really playing more this classy game. Uh, the backhand slice down the line, approach the net. Yeah, total different. I'm like, we're all thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the ATP also, you know, did a bit of research because uh, where they also kind of thought that, you know, if the, the, the game stars of the pros all are too similar then there's kind of maybe the whole game becomes too boring it's only kind of this hit festival you know harder 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 and yeah somehow on the one side it's impressive and you think how can they hit you know with full power for 20 shots and still control this so you're impressed but if this happens too often you're bored and this was of course you know back in the days you had this Agassi against Becker, against Sampras, different game styles. Mm -hmm. Or you had even guys like uh, Chris, uh, I think he, he could be one of your favorite, Gianluca Pozzi. He once played in Queens against Safin, and Safin was going nuts because mm -hmm. uh, Pozzi, you know, walking on the court like, <laughs> more like bored. And Canada. yeah, then hitting these backhand slice and the pushing more the forehand, not really hitting it. 
And Safin was, what the hell is going on? Why do I lose against this guy? And yeah, I think that's, you know, just these different game styles, I think it would help the game overall. It will be interesting in the, in the next few years to see how it continues to evolve. Because yeah. it, I can't imagine it getting any faster. <laughs> these uh, athletes yeah, yeah are... absolutely. Yeah, and as Ralph said, with the stops and also with slicing, uh, players tend to slice much more now than, than they used to uh, some years ago or even one or two years ago. So uh, it seems there is a, is a change in, in game style. Very, very interesting. And also for us, uh, for, uh, for next developments, maybe we bring back oversized rackets or... <laughs> We, I mean, this is now, you know, the, the big secret, the teaser. We will work on it. We will bring the special record for the underhand surf. <laughs> Optimized. <Yeah. laughs> drop shotter. Underhand surf and drop shotter record. Wow. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have one last question, and I might not even be allowed to ask this. But this year we saw a re-release of the Head Pro Tour 2.0 and people went wild and people are obsessed. Is there any chance that we might see something like that in 2021 if you're able? What do you think, Michelle? What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The the feedback was really amazing. And (laughs) I think, think as as you know, we are listening to consumers or we try to do it even more than we we did before so yeah it's a good chance to to continue this path okay i think sometimes you have to celebrate your history and your legacy and we kind of did this with the pro tour 2.0 and i think yeah not only we were celebrating also some consumers were celebrating so nice yeah, so yeah, we, we it's definitely something to think about because, well, uh, I mean, if we want, we can go through the radical line again. And, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You know, it's funny because even, because um, the cap, the cap has a different shape at the end where it ends at yeah. the throat. People even went crazy over the grommets, you know, yeah, yeah. like they yeah, just yeah. wanted to buy grommets for their old rackets. So yeah, yeah, it was really cool to see everyone just... Um, Go crazy about the nostalgia with that, right? Yeah, these small det- yeah. details. And it was like right in the middle of lockdown and quarantine. So I feel like it was like such a huge win for so many people. Yeah. <laughs> it was such yeah. a positive part of the year. I think this is really also, you know, yeah, sometimes you get asked, or I remember, I think it was in 2013, I had an, an interview, I think was with a Japanese uh, tennis magazine. And they asked me, oh, when were you most happy about your job? And then you think about it and well, and it was actually really, there was in 2013 beginning, there was once uh, we sometimes get calls through on the phone, you know, by end consumers. And yeah, there was one guy and he, he simply then said, oh, oh, the new record, the new speed, it's so great. I love it. Played before with a, don't know, it was much heavier record. And I mean, these are the moments where you really get goosebumps and where you think, hey, great, you know, you made the life of someone better you made him happier and yeah well this is kind of yeah what we're here for awesome that's a perfect that's how we're going to end this episode (laughs) (laughs) making people happy thank you guys so much for joining us we we loved catching up as we've already said and talking to you and hopefully we can do more of these as we have we have more rackets to talk about 
always welcome. It was great. Thank you. Always Thank you great for to us. talk to you and get your feedback and yeah, yeah. talk about you know uh, the the great game that we all love tennis that you can play in such a lot of different versions. Feed balls, play matches, play rallies, whatever. Work it's on your drop a... shots. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome. Thank you guys for joining. And if any of our listeners out there have any questions for us or head, we will get them to help answer them. If you email us at podcast.tennis-warehouse.com and until next time, happy hitting. Yay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes and be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and until next time, happy hitting. Michelle, we have even a special friend for you. Yes. Look, <laughs> a unicorn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I saw it yesterday, you know, your video, and I, then I thought, okay, unicorn, I also have one. Oh <laughs> I mean, my you gosh. know, a daughter. And this is now, you know, I mean, this is unicorn, but this would be, I think, something special for you. <laughs> These are unicorn shoes. Oh, <laughs> oh Michelle, gosh. you got to get a pair. I know. <laughs> get a pair and just rock them around Tennis Warehouse. <laughs>